the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now, the passage there makes it very, very clear that if you try to get right with God by keeping the law, you're no longer in Christ and within God's grace. Yet these false teachers were trying to tell the Colossian believers that that Christ wasn't enough, that they, they needed to keep this Jewish ceremonial law. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely, our teacher on this broadcast called Study Verse by Verse, and he's going to talk about those Christ and things that are in our lives today. You say, well, there's nothing in my life that is additive to my relationship with Christ. Don't be so sure. Stay tuned. I'm Mike Trout, and this outreach comes to you from the congregation at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. You can find out more about the church by going to their website at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. At Highlands, we believe that the Bible is God's Word to us. We want to know what it says, what it means, how it applies. At present, we're studying through this letter that was written by Paul to the church at Colossae. We know it's Colossians. Those believers in Colossae, like many Christians today, were kind of fond of mixing the truths of Christianity with some of the culture of the, that surrounded them. They fell into uh, either legalism or licentiousness. They mingled the doctrines of the faith and the integrity of the gospel was compromised. Pretty soon it was pretty hard to distinguish Christianity from any man-made religion. And you know, real Christianity, true Christianity, is all about Christ Jesus. He is God incarnate. The word incarnate means in the flesh. He is God in the flesh who came to make peace between mankind and God through his death on the cross. The preeminence, the supremacy of Christ is the theme of Colossians. There's no other book of the New Testament that declares more fully or defends more thoroughly the Lordship of Christ. Paul says he is all we need. Now, having declared very clearly the supremacy of Christ in chapter 1, Paul the Apostle now turns his attention in chapter 2 to some of the, the concerns, the problems that are threatening the Colossian church. There's some false teachings that needed to be addressed. Now, when we last met, Paul taught, warned his readers not to be captured by godless philosophy and deceit. He concluded with an assurance of Christ's sufficiency. In this portion we're going to study today, Paul provides yet more warnings for believers. Now before we study the passage verse by verse, let's read the passage in whole. Therefore, verse 16, Therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with the growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity of the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. 
So back in verse 8, uh, Paul had already warned about false teachers and godless philosophy. In this section, he provides us three additional warnings. He warns us against legalism, which is equating uh, holiness with observing a list of man-made rules and regulations. He also warns us against mysticism, which is placing first allegiance in visions and extra-biblical revelation. And then finally, he warns us against asceticism, which is believing that poverty or physical deprivation is a path to righteousness, holiness, godliness, and so forth. Now, with that as an introduction, let's study this passage verse by verse. Paul's first warning is against legalism. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one pass judgment. The word judgment there is krino, and it means primarily to judge, but it can also mean to, to dictate over, like let no one dictate to you. Don't let anyone else decide. A few years ago, back in the 70s and 80s, even some of the good churches got caught up in a thing called shepherding where believers were given an elder, a shepherd, and they had to keep asking permission to, can I marry this person? Can I take this job? Can I do this? Can I do that? And so forth. Here he says plainly, don't let anyone else decide. We need to get, have a, such a relationship with God through Christ that we get our instructions straight from God. Now the point here that Paul is trying to make is that we should not give up freedom for legalism. Christ has set us free. Now, many of the believers there in Colossae were Gentile, not Jewish, and they were never under the law of Moses since the law was given only to Israel. But it seems like there was a recurring issue in the early church because Paul had to address this same issue in his letter to the Galatians. He wrote, so Christ has set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you're counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you're trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. Now, the passage there makes it very, very clear that if you try to get right with God by keeping the law, you're no longer in Christ and within God's grace. Yet these false teachers were trying to tell the Colossian believers that that Christ wasn't enough, that they, they needed to keep this Jewish ceremonial law. Now, in addition to regulations on food and so forth, they also had certain days, feast days, new moons, celebrations, and so forth, that was tied to the calendar. And this had a proper function under the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, but not under the New Covenant. All of these laws were needed as God prepared a nation for himself that would be keepers of his law and ancestors of his son. The regulations kept Judaism, God's people, set apart from the world. But Christ introduced a new and better covenant. Through Christ, God was preparing himself for a people, for a worldwide family, people from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. If we have Christ, we have all that we need in order to know and to please God. Under the new covenant, the dietary requirements of the old covenant are no longer in force, and and Jesus himself made that clear in Mark chapter 7. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen to me, everyone, and understand this, nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. 
Rather, it's what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. After he left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull, he asked, don't you see that nothing that enters a man from the outside can make him unclean? For it doesn't go into his heart, but into his stomach and then out of his body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. Mark chapter 7, verses 14 through 19. So Jesus made it very clear that the Old Testament dietary requirements were no longer in force. That was also communicated very clearly in uh, Peter's vision that is recorded for us in Acts chapter 10, and also in the decision of the church leadership council that's recorded for us in Acts chapter 15. The basis of our freedom is the person and the work of Christ. All the fullness of God dwells in Him. On the cross, He canceled our debt and the dominion of the law, and we as believers are under grace and not under the law. The person who judges a believer because that believer is not living under Old Testament law is really judging Jesus Christ. He's saying that Christ didn't finish the work of salvation and that Christ needs help. Something needs to be added to it. These false teachers in Colossae were claiming that you could achieve a deeper spiritual life if you practiced the law. To that, Paul said, these are a shadow of the things to come. In Plato's Republic, Plato distinguished between the shadow, or the outward appearance and reality, inward spiritual truth. Anything that is not Christ or found in Christ is merely a shadow. A shadow has no reality. The reality is what makes the shadow. By turning the Colossian believers away from the reality back to the shadow, they were seeking to disqualify the believers. Let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind. Now, the word disqualify here, it means to declare unworthy of a prize. It was an athletic term where the umpire disqualified a contestant because they had not obeyed the rules. Now, remember back then that athletic events often took place between city-states and the athletes represented their city-states. Now, If a contestant was disqualified, that didn't mean they ceased to be a citizen of the city-state from whence they came, but they forfeited the honor of winning the prize. A Christian who fails to obey God's directions does not lose his salvation, does not lose his citizenship in heaven, but he does lose the approval of the Lord and the rewards that God has promised to those who are faithful. And then he goes on, insisting on asceticism. Now, the Gnostics considered all matter to be essentially evil. And if matter is evil and the bodies are made of matter, then the body is evil. And this premise led to two faulty conclusions that were actually in opposition. One of the conclusions is that if the body is evil, it doesn't matter what you do with it. Just go and do whatever you want with it because it really doesn't matter because it's essentially evil and nothing's going to change. And then on the other hand, If the body is evil, it's got to be restrained, it's got to be chained, it's got to be be starved, it's got to be controlled. And so Gnosticism can produce either complete immorality or rigid asceticism. And it's this rigid asceticism that Paul is addressing here. Asceticism is one of those tendencies that people all through the centuries have had a tendency towards when when they think they're trying to seek God. For instance, in the Middle Ages, there are a number of famous monks who wore clothing that was abrasive to the skin, who slept on hard beds, who whipped themselves, who 
refused to eat or speak for days, weeks, months at a time. They were ascetics. See, on one hand, there are those who mistakenly preach that God wants every believer to be prosperous. And on the other hand, there are those who mistakenly preach that poverty is a means to spirituality or holiness or righteousness. We need to be reminded that money is not the problem. It's the love of money that's the problem. Some of our older listeners will be reminded uh, with those words by Pastor Leighton Sheely of a song from the OJs many years ago called For the Love of Money. You remember how it opens, don't you? Money, 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 money. And uh, later in the lyrics, they say, For a tiny piece of paper, it sure holds a lot of power. You're listening to a study in the book of Colossians with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout. We're so glad you've come along today. We'll continue tomorrow in the book of Colossians at this same time. I hope you can join us. If you'd like to come alongside of us, speaking of money, and be a financial support to this outreach, you can do that safely on the website studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. And remember, you're the best promotional tool we have. Share the fact that we're on the air with your friends and encourage them to listen when next Pastor Layton returns to open the Word of God and help us study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.